Welcome to Essentials and Balance. This is John Cackley, and today I'm talking with some colleagues about one of Centric's recent client projects. Joining me are Sean Nevin, Carlos Cruz, Jeremy Grunwald, and Ted Perez. Let's just let's just kick it off then. So we're going to talk about a recent engagement here of uh, doing a, uh, a data and analytics assessment planning session. Maybe you guys can characterize more exactly what it was when we talk about what it what the plan deliverable was, but maybe you can start off by, someone can describe what was the client's business and what's their business problem? What were they trying What were they trying to solve? Yeah, so we got approached by a CIO that, that we know pretty well for a, and he works for a, an excess and surplus property and casualty insurer. What excess and surplus is, is it tends to be the more, customized insurance products. Uh, he knew he had a problem with information and data because his business stakeholders were telling him that, but he didn't know much more about it. So he wanted us to kind of get in, figure out what was going on, you know, what kind of data would be important, what his problems were, uh, to, and then develop a strategy and roadmap. All right, I think you anticipated my next question. So when you started it, what was the plan deliverable? What was the, you know, it sounds like the roadmap was part of it. Uh, what else was the deliverable? What was the client expecting to get from you guys? But a lot of times when you do these, it's not, it doesn't start out very planned and specific uh, with here are the 10 things that I want. It usually starts off with, I think something's going on here. I don't know what. Uh, so figure it out. Uh, but I know in the end, I'd like some kind of a solution to whatever the problem is and a roadmap on how to fix it because I think it's big. So that's kind of where it started. And then we 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 dug in with the CIO. All right, what are some things that are important to you? What's the lay of the land? You start to get some back and forth question and answer and get some definition around what it is that you might be looking at. So that sounds pretty open-ended, you know, that sounds great to try to, you know, just the excitement of just trying to solve a business's problems, but did you get any sort of guardrails or, or fences, you know, don't go through this, stay inside your, your sandbox? Yeah, I, I would say not a lot of that, right? Um, he wanted us to, um, in addition to just kind of coming up with the solution, um, the CIO was fairly new to the organization and wanted help, uh, getting to, to understand at a deeper level what was going on in the business and help him establish relationships across the, the entirety of the business. So he had us go everywhere and talk to pretty much everyone, um, even those people that he knew might be somewhat um, antagonistic to the effort. Um, he had us go in and, and talk to those folks and try and get kind of the, the real skinny on what was going on with them. All right. Great. Well, it sounds like it started with a good relationship with the, with a client too. A lot of trust. Absolutely. And I think that right. that started one from our relationship, our our preceding relationship with him, but also throughout the sales process, we were uh, very open with him. We were willing to share ideas up front without kind of guarding against you know giving away you know the secret sauce before the project. So I think that helped us establish a better relationship or going into the into the execution of the strategy. Yeah, that's a great one. A lot of times consultants, you know, want to avoid, you know, they think they're giving away free consulting to tell you too much about the solution during the sales process. 
but obviously the, I think it, what it sounds like to me is that this was not necessarily custom, but it was specific enough that you were listening to the real issues that the client had that it didn't matter. There was no cookie cutter answer that you would just provide in any place. So it wasn't like you were worried about free consulting. You're gonna have to use your analysis anyway and, and really think through their specific problems. Right, I think one other thing that uh, helped quite a bit is that we brought our head of data and analytics and our head of insurance from Chicago. And this was specifically a data problem at a specialty insurance company. So the fact that we had those two people putting their heads together, speaking the client's language, bringing industry experience and technology and strategy experience, uh, I think really went a long way to uh, creating comfort and trust with the client that we really understood what their problems were, what was typical in their industry, what was special about their company, and um, had some ideas about how we could help. Cool. Yeah, that leads right to my next question. Uh, the team, what roles did everyone play? So you just said Carlos was the head of data analytics. Sean is our, our insurance lead. So what roles did you play? How did you divide the work and, and tackle the situation? You know, typically when we approach a project at, at Centric, while we all have our roles, there is a lot of blending, uh, all hands on deck. So my role as the insurance lead was to really look at it from the perspective of the business. What's the business problem? What's going on in the industry that might be relevant? Uh, but having said that, you know, I was jumping into the technology Carlos was the data and analytics lead bringing, you know, deep industry experience on modern data architectures, but he also knew about insurance, was able to jump into that. Jeremy played really both sides of it, digging into specifics of the solution, doing architecting, but also uh, jumping in and challenging and understanding the business problem. Awesome. So what roles did you need the client to play? What did they do? Were there client people directly like part of your team or sort of integrated to it or, or more just sort of helping you, facilitating within the environment, that sort of thing? That changed over the course of the project, I would say. Um, at the beginning, it was a lot of just um, providing us background, uh, helping us understand the politics, the lay of the land, the personalities, the people that they thought that we should talk to, uh, a lot of the history. They were very open with us but they also all had their day jobs. And I think it was fairly clear that they understood that they could provide us a lot of information, but they really didn't know how to solve the problem exactly. And that's kind of why we were there. So after the first couple of weeks, I'd say there was a lot of sort of stepping us, stepping back and letting us talk to all of the people in the business and then just checking back in with them, confirming their uh, what we had heard, that sort of thing. They did get more heavily involved when we ran, um, when we got to the point that we were ready to run an architecture workshop. We knew that the existing people, even if we ended up building this for them, they were going to have to understand it. They were going to have to be involved in it. Uh, eventually, they were going to have to run it. So we aren't going to be there forever. And so we did try very hard to involve them directly in what the solution was going to be and make sure that the solution was going to be something that they could support and feel good about going forward. So we had an architecture workshop with them. And we brought the entire data team along with a couple of other uh, members outside the data team from the IT organization to one of their offices in Chicago. And 
went through a, a multi-day process of talking about what we had heard, uh, bringing in some outside ideas about what we had seen as successful in terms of technology solutions for solving problems like these, or at least heading in the right direction to solve problems like these, uh, but not just technology either, process changes, staffing changes, not necessarily, you know, changing uh, 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 layoffs or anything like that, just making sure that the right people were in place, following the right processes, using the right technology to be successful um, and support the business going forward. So I'd say they became a good deal more involved at that point, really started to do their own research and bring their own ideas to the table. I think uh, it, it seemed like the engagement level went up quite a bit there. And then about midway through the project, or, or I'd say actually towards the end of the strategy portion, they did hire a new VP of data. And she had years of experience in the insurance industry and specifically dealing with data, came in with this project and this, this idea as her focus. And she became heavily, heavily involved right from the beginning, uh, figuring out how to take this strategy and, and make it something uh, achievable and make it reality for this company. Cool. So do you think that's sort of a common flow of involvement with the client? And would you have liked them to do anything, anything different? Judging it against what's typical, what we try to do when we go in and do these kinds of assessments, it, the one thing that we learn is that it's different every place because it really depends on their org structure. So we'll go in, we'll do a stakeholder analysis, and we'll talk with the sponsors around who do you want to involve and here's what we need. And then <laughs> you, you try to execute that and it changes. So in our case, they had a major org structure change. They had individuals that were dedicated to the product project that got pulled into other things. And then they hired a person that became the business sponsor. So, you know, what we've learned is that when you go into these things and you have engagement, you have to be ready to be flexible and dynamic in the way that you approach and canvas the business, but yet still set expectations uh, accordingly. And, and in that way, this was no different than the others that we've done. Cool. So in terms of steps you went through on the project, I've heard there was an architecture workshop and a stakeholder analysis. It's obviously out of order. You know, you probably. But what other steps did you go through or what sort of what was your roadmap approaching the, the challenge? So thinking about it chronologically, I guess the steps were, you know, some initial meetings with the people who were engaging us, the CIO and the data team to get the history and the lay of the land. Then it was a lot of um, business interaction. So we traveled uh, around the country and in fact, um, outside the country to this client's uh, various offices to meet with all of the key people in their business in their different parts of their organization and spent quite a lot of time interviewing, in this case, uh, over 50 people. And part of that was because we really wanted to make sure that we covered all areas of the business. Uh, Sean talks about the entire value chain of the insurance industry. We needed to make sure that we spoke to all of the people who were going to contribute to and have needs around the data for the company. But part of it was also, um, as Sean mentioned, that the CIO was relatively new to the organization and really wanted to 
use this project as a means to better engage with all of the different parts of the business. And so we became sort of his emissaries in a sense, making sure that his organization really did understand what the business needed and making sure that the business understood that his organization was interested <laughs> in what they needed right. and that we were going to take into account everything that they had to say. So uh, that process took, as you might imagine, quite a while. Um, then uh, all of that time, we were brainstorming, discussing with the team uh, back at headquarters, refining possible ideas about how this could work and how this could serve the needs of the different parts of the business. Each time we talked to somebody, we'd end up uh, throwing out one idea or adding one monkey wrench to what we thought might work because the a business as large and varied as this one, uh, trying to meet everybody's needs is a very interesting and challenging process. But we eventually got to the point where we had a pretty good idea of what we thought might work. And that's when we went got together and did the architecture workshop. And then after that, it was a lot of time working with the team, uh, as well as going back to various people that we had spoken to before, as we started to lay out not just what the end solution might look like, but also what a process might look like to get there. We started laying out a plan for what kinds of projects we could do that would show business value early and often as we started to lay the foundation for a future um, platform and set of processes. It was very important to this company, and I think it's it's smart and important in general, uh, that you don't set up a situation where you go away and you work for you know two years and come back and say, ta-da, you, you <laughs> engage them right. all along and, and work on small projects so that you can quickly show that what you're doing um, provides value to the business you know, you're not just um, working in technology and data for the fun of it. Uh, and so that you can adjust, uh, you know, as you find that what you're delivering is or is not exactly meeting the needs or as the business priorities change, you may find that the thing you thought you were going to do in the second half of the year is no longer as important as something new that has come up. And so that was sort of our, our thinking, our, our thought process there is how can we how can we put together projects that are going to provide what the business is looking for in incremental fashion and also not just be tactical, but provide what the business is looking for in an increments that bring us to a better state than we are at today. And so the end of that process was uh, putting together the, the summary of everything that we had worked on, an executive summary, as well as a, a deep and detailed deck and set of supporting materials that provided them, you know, a vision of the future state, an analysis of the technology that it would take to get there, an analysis of the people and process that it was going to take to get there, the uh, the governance work that was going to be required, which is going to be very important, and then our proposed uh, series of projects and a roadmap map for the next three years. Of course, subject to the priorities of the business. So it was sort of a straw man as far as the, the series of projects was concerned. Cool. Well, that, that sounds pretty comprehensive what you've covered there. Does anyone have anything that they want to highlight or maybe something that uh, Jeremy forgot about? I would just highlight that there are a few things that are part of the secret sauce, if you will, that we focused on creating in a methodical way. Uh, so one of them, first off, you know, we sat down with the CIO and got an understanding of the guiding principles 
that he wanted us to keep in mind as we went through our initial interviews and solutioning and came up with ideas for the architecture that they needed. Uh, he couldn't be there with us all the time, so we needed to have the next best thing, which was understanding directionally where he wanted to go from a trade-off perspective. You know, did he prefer speed to value or did he prefer um, avoiding vendor lock-in, as an example, because uh, those two oftentimes have a trade-off. Once we had our guiding principles, we, we looked for business-facing initiatives. So when the business said, here are the things that are important to us or the things that would be valuable to us, being able to catalog those things which would drive business values uh, and then turning those into business capabilities and then ultimately turning those into the things that we would incrementally deliver and the things that would inform the needs of the architecture and so on and so forth until we were able to refine it to the point of having a roadmap. Cool. Wow, great. Thanks. Anyone else have any uh, highlights? Yeah, this is Ted. I wanted to, I was a later addition to the team, but um, what what I onboarded with was sort of this comprehensive assessment that um, the team had already done. I think a couple of quick things that, that really came to mind and sort of demonstrated, I guess, the attention to business priority as well as engagement of um, the various organizations is that, you know, this, this client grew through acquisition. So they had multiple systems and multiple areas that manage those systems. And through this assessment, um, I think they were saying about 50, you know, interviews. I think what came to the top really was that, you know, IT is listening. Um, and that's, you know, what we're doing. That's why we're in your office. And we hear what you're saying and incorporated all of that um, into this sort of final presentation, which was great because it it had the quotes. It said, "You you told us this, and here's how we're going to respond." I think that's a that's a strong argument to say, "Hey, we you know we're not just saying here's you know you're broken. Here's how we fix you." It it was more like here's here's opportunities we see. Here's you know, where it's going to add value for your organization, maybe your team or your uh, line of business. And here's how we can get there in sort of a pragmatic way. I think, you know, when I read that assessment, I was like, holy cow, like we're, you know, we're teed up. And as you begin to present this back to leadership from all organizations, you definitely begin to build the sort of like unified roadmap. Right. You all sort of agree we're going to go this way. You all can begin to start seeing some of those challenges to adoption and, and begin to proactively address them. So I think the whole assessment was very comprehensive. Uh, and as was mentioned in, in you know, earlier questions was, you know, it gave us a laundry list of things that needed to get done. And then really you could sort of like adjust the levels of engagement or commitment, you know, based on business priorities. So I think, you know, at the end of it, you had sort of this grocery list of like, here's what we think, here's what we all agree we need to get done. Not here's what we think you should do. There's a little bit in there, but I think walking away, there was enough realization within the organization. That's like, these are my pain points and here's how we're going to get it done. And that, you know, and here's a rational way to go about it, right? And back to Jeremy's point, you, you don't end the conversation like, here's all this awesome stuff. We'll see you in two years. Like there was certainly three month vision of here's what we can do, et cetera. So I felt like 
the assessment was real comprehensive in terms of unifying a sort of a disparate organization, you know, and rallying them around this idea of data strategy. So uh, what challenges did you face as a team and, and are these challenges, you know, common or were they sort of unique to the client? I would say I mean, we hit a lot of different challenges, which is to be expected. Uh, most of the challenges that we faced were things that that you expect, but there were a few that that I would say were unique to this to this client. the The typical stuff was, you know, understanding as you're talking to stakeholders, there were a lot of things that were coming up that were important to them, but just trying to take that and turn it into something that was actionable uh, is typically very easy. But when you play it back to them, they they like it, but aren't always willing to action on it. So just kind of working through getting it to something that the, the business is willing to sign up to do is a thematic challenge. One challenge we did not uh, anticipate, which was uh, a little bit unique to this scenario and context is that our, our client had invested pretty significantly in establishing a digital group, um, you know, a group that was focused on innovation, focused on going after high value, quick hit, new technology types of advancements. The the way that the organization was described to us was that they were, you know, kind of off on their own, using their own technologies that were different than uh, the technologies of uh, the rest of the organization on purpose. We met with them, understood you know, what they were doing, looked at what they were doing from an integration perspective. You know, How will we serve them as a stakeholder and consumer of the data that we were gonna serve to them with a data platform? As we went through our solutioning and came upon a final platform, data platform that we were recommending, what we realized was that this, this group was not only a consumer of data, they were an influencer of technology platforms uh, and they were very much, had their own platform. So they were on the AWS platform and the, the rest of the organization was very Microsoft centric. Uh, so while, our analysis pointed us towards a Microsoft-centric solution for this particular client. It was a little bit of a surprise when we met resistance from this group. And so what we did, the way that we approached it was engage them, understood you know, what, the, what it was that, that was causing them to oppose. Uh, or want to influence the technology. And they had some good reasons for wanting to have a unified platform, worked through it with them, and then shifted. We ultimately shifted the solution to be a single platform. So this was something that, you know, oftentimes you'll get something that just comes out from seemingly nowhere that you have to address. Our approach of being technology agnostic, making sure that we define the appropriate architecture, allowed us to kind of take it as it came and rework the solution without you know, we didn't come in and say we're a Microsoft shop, and therefore, when we had to go to AWS, we got eliminated. Uh, it was really what's the right technology for this company. You know, we hit an obstacle and, and had to pivot midway through. 
Cool. Yeah, that, you sort of anticipated my next question there of, you know, for a lot of people doing this sort of assessment of uh, the data analytics, a lot of people think the main thing they're going to get is the architecture they're going to get, you know, by this tool or this, you know, set of six tools, whatever that is. And I've seen your your architecture diagram and or the roadmap. And to a, a non-data person, it's uh, pretty daunting. So there, there are so many different technology players out there. I mean, what what's your approach? What are your sort of criteria in terms of identifying the technologies that are the right ones for a given situation? Well, that's the real challenge in some in some ways because <laughs> there are so many because there are so many out there. There are so many tools and so many approaches and so many ways that you can combine those tools. So. In this case, it involved a lot of research and debate. I, I think what Sean said earlier about the guiding principles was really key for us. So we worked with the CIO to understand not just what the goals of the business are, but also what guardrails there should be around the technology decisions. And so there are choices that you have to make all along. For example, uh, some solutions might be really quick and simple to implement, but you give up a lot of control. Uh, other solutions, you know, give you the opportunity to control every aspect, uh, avoid vendor lock-in, that sort of thing, but might require a little bit more work on your part. So, you know, from him, he was able to say, well, in our case, I would prefer, you know, not to be completely uh, beholden to a single vendor, but it is more important that we deliver business value quickly. And so that helped guide us, you know, in one direction or another. This um, is guiding principles then. Right. right, it absolutely does, yes. So that was one of them, was in his case, one of the guiding principles was rapid delivery of business value, more important than control and avoiding vendor lock-in. And there were a list of other ones, but those really helped us narrow down our focus a little bit. Um, there was a lot of uh, other guiding principles or other discussion that we had around who's going to be building this, who's going to be supporting it, what do you already have? You know, they had a fairly small internal IT organization and they had um, outsourced the control of their servers and data center and networking to uh, a provider. And they had also outsourced quite a bit of their application maintenance and support to an offshore provider. And so choosing technologies that would be more supportable and comfortable for those people uh, helped us narrow it down quite a bit. And a lot of the rest of it is just reaching out to other members of Centric, uh, other friends and people that we know in the industry, doing a lot of research. I, I think in a lot of cases, the key was, it was sort of a process of elimination. You know, we were trying to serve um, people who wanted traditional reporting, we were trying to serve people who wanted uh, financial and general ledger information. We were trying to serve people who were looking to get, you know, executive dashboards and and be able to see sort of the trending of how the different parts of the company were doing. We were trying to serve actuaries and data scientists who wanted access to large amounts of data. Uh, so it was really sort of all over the map. And what we'd end up doing is we'd start with uh, a, a straw man, you know, architecture and start looking at okay, well, if we put these technologies together, how do they fit? Are they supportable? And can they do all the things we're talking about? And then we'd find a deal breaker. And so we'd end up eliminating a lot of things until we came back to the, until we came down to a solution that we thought would actually meet all of the needs. And it got to the point where 
honestly, there weren't that many <laughs> solutions that would right. actually meet all of those needs. So right. um, it, it took us a while and it took us some work, but it was actually easier in a, in, in a certain sense that we ended up with fewer choices at this company than we might have elsewhere uh, because of their constraints. Cool. So so those guiding principles, of course, they sort of turn into criteria. Uh, do you Did you come in with a here's a list, here are your, your 15 possible criteria and guiding principles, choose three, or did they sort of develop organically through the discussions? That was a concerted effort specifically between uh, our group and the CIO because we knew how, we knew how, uh, how busy he was and the fact that he couldn't travel with us and, and be present for all of the technology discussions we were going to have. So we sat down with him over the course of a couple of days and said, you know, here are the kinds of choices or trade-offs you might have to make. Here are the kinds of things that you might need to consider. And we let him drive, okay, well, this is more important to me than that. This is something very important to keep in mind, et cetera, and came out with that list, I'd say in pretty in pretty short order. Um, and then it, I think it did get a little bit refined as, as time went on and as we started presenting back to him what we were hearing or what we were finding. There were a couple of cases where things in a in the technology space that he was not particularly interested in or comfortable with he became more interested in and more comfortable with as we worked out what solutions might actually best fit with what he was looking for so again it does come down to that sort of partnership and trust approach of we weren't pushing any particular technology solution because we love it or because it's the only thing we know how to do in all cases it was here's what you've told us is important to you, and here's what we've heard is important to the business. For these reasons, here are the things we think you should look at. Cool, all right. So uh, in the end, did the project take as much time as you expected? Longer, shorter? Calendar-wise, you know, I think <laughs> we kept to the schedule that we, <laughs> we, can't, we kept to the schedule that we predicted. Um, and, you know, it was important that, you know, we had worked out a timeline and a budget for the strategy with this client, and we we stuck to that. In fact, we came in, I think, under budget by a, a fairly noticeable amount. But in terms of the amount of time that it took us, no, it probably took a little bit longer than we thought. There was significantly more travel than we thought there was going to be. We knew there was going to be some, but not quite as much as there ended up being. Uh, this team, I think, it was such an interesting and difficult challenge that we we kind of spent morning, noon, and night together for the entire length of the strategy. And I'd say, I'd say in terms of waking hours, it probably took longer than we thought it was going to. <laughs> okay. I would echo what, what Jeremy said. You know, these types of engagements, there is a process we go through that's pretty systematic, but you never know what you're going to uncover. So you just have to be okay with uh, the fact that sometimes you have to just roll up your sleeves and work through it and it might take a little bit longer than you anticipated. Uh, having said that, it, you know, we, we did come in on time and under budget, and I, I think the, the CIO was pleased with the outcome. What, what was your favorite part of the project? What was the, the thing that you thought, oh, I'm, I'm so excited I got a chance to do X? For my part, um, what was really an unusual ex uh, opportunity for us was starting something from scratch. Uh, this company you know, has been around for quite a while, but most of their technology investment has been point solutions and, and tactical. And so they were quite open to the idea that 
really they needed something to they we needed to start with a clean slate and start with something and and design something new now of course we needed to incorporate the data from all of their existing uh mm -hmm. systems and databases and and we needed to you know we couldn't simply get rid of things that they have today but the space that we were playing in they didn't have that much uh today so the opportunity to come in and and work with a company and not have those kinds of constraints and say be able to say this is really you know we, we get to pick what is the really going to be the best solution for you and and build something new is uh was a lot of fun i think for all of us and i think we we enjoyed working with them on that and and enjoyed learning a lot uh in the course of the project process or for me i think was as part of the entire strategy and i think you've seen the deck there there was a component around data governance and that's uh one of my passions so i was fortunate to be able to bring that uh to the team as well and and our client also realized the value in establishing governance rather early particularly in the light of rolling out this comprehensive sort of data architecture and sort of rethinking how they want to manage data at an enterprise level so it was really great to have those conversations with the client that are like yes we know we need this right and and it's also echoed in in a lot of the interviews as well so it wasn't like thing where we're telling you you need this it was you know it was sort of arrived there together um, our client had already prior experience with data governance so she's like yeah we need we need to have this and the approach was also pragmatic too where we could adjust on sort of like where data governance could apply. Uh, I think our initial strategy was project by project versus trying to uh, try to roll out an enterprise data governance approach and knowing all the challenges there. So sort of back to Jeremy's point around delivering early and delivering you know, often, we, we were then lockstep with the client in terms of their realization of the benefits of doing data governance, particularly in these early phases, as well as like we know where we want to go. And she was, you know, sort of instrumental in ensuring that that vision was always there. So for me, it was great that we could have this as part of the overall architecture and strategy is this component of, right, so now you're going to own it. Like, how do we do that? Right. How do we set a set our organization up for success? people process technology and you know what are we going to work with the organization to ensure and enforce that happens you know long term and so we were we began early traction um, in that working on a couple of you know real projects so i think for me that was very fulfilling it was, it was working with a very dynamic and broad team we assembled a team specifically for this project that included both longtime trusted contractors and also partner companies. We pulled people from across Centric and, and different BUs, as well as our own Chicago-specific expertise. And, and then also out to India and using that team in order to complete the project. And I think, you know, experienced the real power of, of who Centric is and what we can bring to the table by being able to take, you know, the, a disparate group of people from across the country and in uh, different organizations and pull together what I think was an excellent solution and an excellent team. Cool. So I think it's a great 
overview. I think it tells a lot about what you did and a lot of the fun you had and a uh, great working relationship. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that I, I didn't hit on, I didn't ask about? I think um, it's interesting that you implied that we had fun um, with each other because I don't know. While it was a good and uh, intelligent team, not a lot of fun to work with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I've seen you guys at lunch. I'm not buying it. <laughs> That's just because we made fun of Carlos the whole time. The rest of us had fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been Essentials in Balance, produced by John Cackley. Thanks for listening.